welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach, presented by Apollo Media. A lot to go into today. A lot. So we're going to jump right into it as we just finished up week 12, going into rivalry week, and another one bites the dust. Dino Babers fired at Syracuse, eight years with the Orange 20 and 45 conference record in the ACC, 41 55 overall. Only one winning conference record, two winning records uh, total, and a bowl win, one bowl win that finished in the top 25. They were 15th that year. Dino Babers fired. Jay, initial thoughts. Uh, well, it's, it's going back to what we talked about last week with coaches being fired early. Uh, you know, I think it's a reflection of the early signing period. And then with Babers in particular, like <sighs> so many years that he got off to hot starts and it was September Syracuse and we, we talked about it and then they just fade down the stretch. And, you know, I think it, it's, I think things are just getting more competitive now and, Obviously, like they aren't the big marquee names like the Big Ten and the SEC are getting, but you do have to remember that Cal and Stanford and SMU are all coming to the ACC. So there's added pressure to be successful so that you don't get uh, jumped in the pecking order in conference. Uh, and I think for that reason, there's more pressure on people to make moves. And, and you know, unfortunately with Dino, it just a uh, 20 and 45 ACC record, it's just not good enough. And no. I don't know what the ceiling is for that Syracuse program. It feels like you know, a, a seven, eight win team, uh, most years, but, uh, you, you gotta have a winning record or, or at least some 500 records in conference and, uh, only having a one winning conference record over eight years, just not good enough. No. And it's again, what I think of Syracuse football, I think seven, eight wins. I think what really hindered Dino, especially last year and a little bit this year too, the, getting off to a really hot start and then, falling apart in late October, November. Um, and, and I think that is what's putting a bad taste in a lot of Syracuse fans mouth. And a lot of uh, people from their administration is because you win a couple games. And then I feel like people think, okay, they won a couple games in the beginning of the year. This is how our team's going to be. And then once they lose a couple, then it's okay. Dino screwed us again. Because um, remember, as a coach, you you don't get any credit for the win because your team's supposed to do that, and then you get all the blame for the loss, especially when you start off hot and then you um, kind of take a dip um, later on in the season. It, which you know, it's funny, Jay. I was thinking about this. Syracuse is the, are they like Northern Maryland light? <laughs> they're like northern maryland i feel like but like not yeah. as good well they don't have the recruiting ground that maryland right. does where you can pull from a few different places uh and that's one of the things i would you know i don't know if this is the best time for syracuse to enter uh a coaching cycle right uh i mean i do think they had to move on from dino babers but uh this is i feel like this is going to be a pretty chaotic cycle and you know, if I'm not like throwing huge money around, I don't know if this is the year that I'd want to be in it. I think it's part of the reason why Arkansas announced that they're hanging on to Sam Pittman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I feel like it's 
it's going to be really competitive. This coach's market right now, very competitive. And, you know, I think Arkansas kind of looked at this and said, you know what? We see who's out there. We know who we can get. We know kind of who we want. Let's roll the dice one more time with Sam Pittman. Like, we know what we're going to get. Um, and there's going to be a little bit of turnover in that Arkansas program. Let's let's keep some stability right now, and then let's reassess this next year. Yeah. It also helps that I think Sam Pittman is one of the more likable coaches in college mm-hmm. football. Like I haven't heard anything bad about people having interactions with him. And I think when you're uh, when you're more likable, not that Dino Babers is unlikable by any means, but there are some other coaches that have been let go that didn't have the uh, most personable manner. Uh, and I think Sam Pittman's, you know, personality in that stance kind of helps him a little bit. I feel like a lot of people are rooting for him to succeed and, and that helps him kind of, kind of hang on, maybe buys him an extra year. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I've never really heard anything about Dino. Um, I don't know where Dino ends up. I think Dino would be a great offensive coordinator, um, at a school who, who's maybe looking, um, you know, who knows, maybe a school that's only, you know, uh, 150 miles away. Uh, maybe they'll look at uh, Mr. Babers. I doubt it, but it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But uh, Dino, here's the thing with Dino in Syracuse. Um, he, for the most part, he put a pro, he put a football team out there that was at least interesting. All right. Um, they had some good moments, but I think the big problem is the consistency. Um, Again, Syracuse isn't going to win nine games a year. It's not going to happen. Um, and if that's what Syracuse wants, they're never going to get get that on, on a consistent basis. Seven, eight wins. I will say this, though. The ACC has been pretty weak the last, like, top to bottom. I shouldn't say top, but for the um, the bottom half of the ACC has been particularly weak. I don't know if or I think that's why they let him go is because, uh, you know, your ACC record is terrible. And, you know, this conference isn't necessarily setting the world on fire outside of Clemson and then uh, Florida state recently. Yeah. And again, more, more competition coming in. So uh, you you really don't want to get behind the eight ball if you can help it. No, but this is Jay, this is due to, this is due to the early signing period, right? hundred percent. hundred percent. It has to be. This is, it's the early signing period and like you just you have to make moves earlier in the season than you normally would uh it's like i mean with a and mississippi state like i don't know i personally haven't ever seen uh both the winning and losing coaches get fired in a game that wasn't at the end of the season right like it, it's still there's still two more games left uh so i think it's just moved at the process on everything so much more and and so you're you're seeing coaches be let go sooner uh, you know, Boise State is the wild one, right? Because they still have a chance to win their conference, right? And, and they let go of their coach. Uh, yep. but yeah, this is, I think, a big part of like the biggest part of this is just that it's, it's the early signing period has, has just bumped up the entire timeline, right? And you can't really fault these programs because they have to get their ship correct so they don't miss out on recruits, so they can sell to their recruits, hey, don't worry, everything is in order. Um, so you can't really fault him. Um, another firing that took place, uh, East Carolina fires offensive coordinator, Adani Kirkpatrick. Um, 
here's the thing with ECU. They lost a lot on their offense, and now their offense just does not look – it doesn't res- even resemble what they had last year. Um, you know, they, they played that tough game against Tulane. They lost in a rock fight at home. Um, so Houston, again, trying to get things back on track to – which I always say, one of the more fun programs in the group of five. ECU is really cool, cool stadium. Um, you know, uh, everything about it in, in, uh, is it Greensville or Greensboro? It is Greenville, North Carolina. Green, Greenville. Um, everything there. It's, it's, it's a party school. Um, it's a, it's a fun school to, you know, kind of root for and watch. Yeah. So Houston's going to try and get that, you know, back, back on track. But Jay, tell the, tell the people where you were at this weekend. Yeah, so I went to uh, the Revivalry. If you're uh, one of the uh, college football fans, if you're a casual, you might know it as the Blue Bonnet Battle. Uh, no offense to casuals out there, but uh, we're, we're calling it the Revivalry on this podcast. And I think, uh, Jake, do you agree with me on that one? I have warmed up to the Revivalry. I am a traditionalist, but I have warmed up to the Revivalry. I mean, the Blue Bonnet Battle was brand new that they just came up with the student government. So mm. it's... Uh, the rivalry really is more the traditionalist side. Uh, listen, Baylor had some opportunities early in this game with some drop passes deep. Uh, both of these schools are kind of disappointed with where they are. TCU obviously had the national championship run this year and took a huge step back, which they were always going to have a, a comeback to earth moment, right? Like that, that was kind of a wild situation that, that Sonny Dykes found uh, or put his team into. Uh, Baylor, on the other hand, is is struggling mightily this year. They're three and eight. Uh, Dave Aranda might be done after this year. Uh, honestly, I think a lot of Baylor folks are ready to move on. Uh, what a fall from those. grace! Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, that's the nature of the business, though. Uh, but yeah, TCU fan. I mean, it was a it was a pretty good crowd there, and and Amon G. Carter is a is a fun stadium. Uh, Fort Worth, I think, is the underrated city in Texas. I think people talk about Dallas and Austin and and San Antonio and Houston Fort Worth, because it's so close to Dallas kind of gets left out of that conversation. Easily one of my favorite campuses in the state of Texas, uh, the Horn Frogs have in TCU and, uh, they put on a good performance, dominant win in a rivalry, and they still have a chance at bowl eligibility. Uh, kid from my high school, Josh Hoover is a starting quarterback right there in, uh, in TCU right now. Obviously I'm a lot older, but (laughs) We know how that goes. Uh, listen, the Horn Frogs have a massive game coming up because bowl eligibility means a lot. Uh, listen, I talk about it all the time. Like people say, there's too many bowls, and I, and I get that. But from a player standpoint, like having the opportunity at the end of the season to go to a bowl game and and actually like enjoy yourself is is a big thing to get into. And uh, you know, it, it's. I understand that people want only the best teams to get rewarded, but you put in so much work as an athlete going into the season and uh, everything that goes on. And, you know, you, you really want to have a chance to uh, give yourself a big, uh, a big moment to, to close out your year. And that's a bowl game. Even if it's not a huge bowl game, like you still get bowl gifts uh, per diem, which is probably the best part uh, stuff like that. And then, I mean, TCU winning this, there was a lot of energy. You could feel it 
from the players. They were really excited. Uh, and now they'll go into Oklahoma this week and, and have a chance to, to play for a little bit more. No. Um, Jay, I do got to ask you about the, how did how did the rivalry, how did that start? So if you don't know, TCU, Texas Christian University, Baylor is also a, a Christian university in Texas. Uh, basically, it's it's just uh, they call it the rivalry because it's two Christian schools. A little fun fact for you. TCU was originally located in Waco. So TCU and Baylor, when they first started playing, both schools were in Waco. So there's always been a fun little rivalry there. Uh, and the revivalry aspect comes from like the the religious right uh, right basis of the programs. So they went off of that, or or sorry, it was unofficially the revivalry, and then what they actually came came up with the official name, which was the Blue Bonnet. The it was the two student governments came together, and they call it the Blue Bonnet Battle. Uh, it was the name that they came up with this year. Right. Why did I feel like that? Like it was always called the blue bonnet battle. I don't know. I, I feel like I've heard that before, or at least I don't know. I'm I confused it with like another name for another. I, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, the blue bonnet is the state flower of Texas. Uh, right. I Yes. Didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, there's not really much else to it. I mean, you'd see a lot of blue bonnets on 35, but not during football season. Right. And then they got the whole, the, the shield is the trophy. Yeah, I actually kind of like the shield as a trophy, I like but shield, I just yeah. I just think the revivalry sounds so much cooler, so much more fun to say. Yeah, it will. But you know what? In about forty in about forty years, I don't know. Everyone's going to be saying blue bonded battle, and then there will be the old man yelling at the yeah, cloud. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it was the revivalry. All right, all right, Grandpa. Sure, it was. Yeah. But um, uh, but yeah, definitely look for uh, Baylor to make a move with Aranda. So we'll see. That man, that's. Dude, I remember when everyone was like, oh, my God, this slam dunk hire. And it did. Everything about that looked amazing. And I, I don't know what's I don't know what's happening, but they do have West Virginia this week. Um, and West Virginia is looking to improve their bull stock later on. So but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, let's recap a little bit. And we're going to start off on last week on Tuesday, a week from today. Um Tuesday night matchin Toledo beats Bowling Green for the Battle of I-75. Daquan Finn and Connor Bazelik put on just a I I don't yeah, I'm going to say it. An absolute clinic of quarterback play. Absolutely beautiful. Two high-powered offenses going against each other. Rockets came back. They were down 28 to 10 at halftime. Toledo wins 32-31. And then you take and then you take it to Wednesday, Miami of Ohio, just they uh win their game to now the Mac championship is already set up. Throw rivalry week out the window for these two teams. They're already set for the Mac championship. Yeah, and and both of these teams are very good as well. Uh Toledo sits at ten and one. Uh Miami's at nine and two. So both of these programs very, very highly regarded in the MAC. Uh, I mean, look, Miami has a win over Cincinnati this year, and I understand Cincinnati has their struggles, but that's a Big Twelve team. Toledo narrowly lost to Illinois, uh, very nearly pulled off that upset. And like they you said, should've. these offenses, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a lot of fun. Now these two teams have met earlier in the year. Toledo did win at Miami, 
uh, 21 to 17, very close game. So uh, looking forward to the rematch. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you do have to wonder about looking ahead for both of these teams, right? Because, you, you know, you're playing in the MAC championship. Uh, Toledo has Central Michigan. Uh, Miami has Ball State. And, and look, weird things happen in these midweek action games sometimes. It's part of why we love them so much. But, uh, yeah, two two very impressive performances in very different fashions because uh, both Ohio and Bowling Green were still pretty solid MAC teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just cashed in my uh, Ohio over seven and a half last week, so that was very nice. Don't have to sweat it out. Um, but, no, MAC championship, the table is already set for championship maction. Um, nothing happened on Thursday. No games run at all. So we're just going to skip on to Friday. Uh, Wazoo absolutely pummels Colorado. Uh, Jay, I was asleep. However, I, the next morning I watched some of this game, Washington state was up 35 to seven and they called, they were calling timeouts to get the ball back, to put up another one, to go up. Uh, 42 to seven. Do you think it might have to do a little bit with Colorado moving the pieces to, uh, blow up the PAC 12, a conference that took Colorado in. Do you think that had something to do with it? Maybe. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think it's a more personal thing. I think it's, uh, you know, coaches in the industry aren't necessarily the biggest fan of, of, of Deion Sanders. I genuinely think that when teams get an opportunity playing Colorado, uh, they're going to try to run up the score if they can. And and part of it is because Dion's such a good recruiter, right? Like guys are going to go want to play, want to go play for him. But if you you beat a team 56, 14, you can point at it and say, Hey, you really want to go play for that team? Mm. Uh, I, I genuinely think that like just the way, Coach Prime has like approached this season. There's just and and whether this is right or wrong, throw that out the window. Uh, there's just a lot of hard feelings, and I think that when teams get an opportunity to run it up against Colorado because of the flash, and and some of the things that uh, were said or 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 have happened in recruiting in the transfer portal, uh, teams are going to try to run up that score, uh, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Uh, when when somebody comes in, that's and then obviously highly successful football career, but he comes into Jackson state and it's kind of a, an outsider from a college football perspective, right? Coming in and, and, and running that program and then coming to Colorado uh, from an FCS program. Uh, there's still some people that, you know, took it a little bit personally. And I, I think that's, that's more of the issue than, you know, Colorado setting off the dominoes for the PAC 12 to, to detonate. Uh, Cause USC and UCLA played just as big of a part in that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. Uh, I think it has to do with – I think the Pac-12 maybe a little bit, but like you're saying, for for better or for worse, um, Dion brought a lot of ice to Colorado, all right? He did that with that flash, and, you know, in the beginning of the year, a little cocky, players a little cocky, uh, they had some early success and, you know, there was after that, I think there was a lot of negativity also that surrounded that program. Um, 
I think a lot of people were like, Hey, see, like we knew this wasn't going to be sustainable. Um, so now I think a lot of teams, like you said, like, I think like Wazoo did was like, okay, you talked a big game earlier in the season. Well, how, you know, are you going to talk now? I also heard Travis Hunter was chirping to Wazoo fans before the game, you know, saying you're going to get, but that happens everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they got absolutely pummeled. Uh, Colorado not going to make a bowl game this year uh, unless they somehow beat Utah and then they there aren't enough teams maybe. But yeah, I, don't I don't think they, they have the APR. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, think they, they have. have it. I, I doubt just because they have so many transfers. Because yeah. the, usually transfers are going to hurt your APR. Um, but, you know, again – I, I don't necessarily know if it's Dion's fault entirely, but the hype machine was so big in the beginning of the year. Like it was so big and, you know, uh, and anybody who wanted the content um, was going to put something about Colorado on their page. Hell we did. We did it too. Um, if we're being totally transparent, yeah. um, but you know, what was it? Fox sports put, what would a Colorado versus uh, LSU 2019, what would the spread be? And like the first day I read that, I was like, Oh, they are farming engagement big time. Um, But now it comes back and be like, yeah, uh, LSU would murder them. So again, and and, but let's be clear too. This is still a massive improvement from last year. It has like this team is so much better. Yes. And, And that's what, like I kind of wanted to end with is that this is what we thought this team was going to be in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Like we thought, Hey, if they could, if I think my exact words were, if they made a bowl game, that is huge and they miss it. But this team is improved. Colorado was probably the worst power five team last year. They're probably the worst. The, the, I don't think there's a probably, I think they were the worst. They power were. Five team. I mean, Vandy, I think Vandy was better than them. Vandy was better yeah. than them. Rutgers was better than them. Um, North, yeah. So I would say, yeah, they were the worst power five team. And at least they're putting together an offense that can at least move the ball. Most of the time, again, not a fan of firing uh, or sorry, demoting Sean Lewis. However, um, this is still a massive improvement for Colorado. We'll have to see. I do. I did see their recruiting rankings for 2024 are not the best right now. Um, no, and they just lost a kid to Mizzou. Yeah. So, again, keep your eye on that. But I feel like Dion's going to get people out of the portal. Definitely. I think and, they uh, – I think he – especially, like, on the offensive line because you want impact players there immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, Dion deserves the credit for putting together a team that is at least looks competent out there for the most part. Yes, they got killed by Wazoo, but at least – um, has some wins, but I think also deserves a, a little, a little bit of gripe just because of how cocky that team was at the beginning of the year when they played a, a, a bunch of teams, you know, and, you know, flashing the wa- watch to Arizona state, like, come on, come on, Shadir. What did Arizona state do to you? Like, come on. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was Friday. Let's move on to Saturday. We're going to start off in at Maryland. Michigan beats Maryland, escapes from um, 
College Park, 31-24. Jay, I'm sorry. I'm going to say something that isn't good. The Big Ten officials are protecting Michigan. They're protecting them. I I cannot – like, listen, a couple calls against Penn State last week, but listen, Michigan was clearly the better team, so I didn't go off too much. But that intentional grounding was terrible. Yeah. Should um Tally Tagovailoa in the end zone. There's a guy there. There is a guy there. He rushed the throw because he was getting pressure. Yes, it landed 10 yards in front of the guy, but like th- there's a guy there. Like what are we doing? Yeah. Tal- uh Talia takes a a shot you know that was very high, not even looked at for target. Um and this Michigan team again talking all, all sorts of trash after the game to Penn State, talking trash to Maryland. Like, are, are we are, are we serious right now? Mi- this Michigan team, who I thought I was coming around on Jim Harbaugh. I thought I was. I thought I was coming around. I was like, you know what? He's not that bad. Jay, this team has done something to me that I never thought would happen. This team is actually making me root for Ohio State. Like... <laughs> Like they're actually making me hate Ohio State less. I used to respect Michigan a lot. They're like, man, this is this is bad. They have become extremely unlikable to me. Just extremely unlikable. Yeah, to to draw a parallel with the city that I live in, uh, it's very similar to how people feel about the Houston Astros now. Uh, just with the, uh, obviously like the storylines off the field and well, kind of off the field. Yeah. Uh, but also just like, there's a lot of confidence in what they are, right? Like the, the fan base and, and Michigan more so than, than anyone else, because we talked about it earlier, uh, this year. Michigan for so long has beat the drum that they're the program that does things the right way. And now it's just like, they're turning that up and it's also the, just everything about this program feels very obnoxious, very obnoxious and arrogant, very old money. Like it's just like, Mm -hmm. I'm picturing like, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Gilmore girls, but like, I have just like the, 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 like super wealthy people that you know only drink nice scotch and 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 french wines like it's just it's it's a very frustrating thing and i know that's not every michigan fan uh but it feels like you're getting a lot of that online a lot of arrogance man a lot of arrogance dude they walked into beaver stadium last week or two weekends ago and they walked in like they owned the place Granted, they, they've only won there one time in the last six years, you know? So, like, they won their two, you know, whatever, um, their last two trips. But, like, they walked in like they owned the place. I was like, it's like, oh, my God, are these the same people from, like, from 2021? Like, are these the same people from two years ago? And they, it was um, the, the arrogance of these people. It's... I'm telling you, just very unlikable to me. Um, and I thought I, I was coming around on Jim Harbaugh. I really was. Um, but yeah, listen, it's um, 
I don't know what's going to happen in the game, and obviously we're going to we're going to talk about that later. But um, you, you know what's going to be crazy if if Michigan does pull this off and the cheating st- scandal comes out and they have to vacate it. Could you imagine? I don't think that'll happen. Oh, well, I, I, it could happen. But the thing is, if if they found out they were cheating earlier in the year and they have to vacate a national title, so here, how about this, Jay? Is it worth it? Yeah, hundred percent. They can't take away those feelings. <laughs> yeah, they can't. You, yeah. Like if if A and M won a title and had to vacate it, dude, I am never letting that go. No, hundred percent. Like if you win a national champ, doesn't matter. Like yeah. Louisville basketball, twenty fourteen, they're still a national champion. I think the, like I think their banner. One, I think their banner's still up. Yeah, and then and you should keep it up. Who yeah. cares? Like right. everybody's cheating to some degree. Uh, obviously, like maybe Michigan has has gone a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, but dude, like, unless it's like something horrible, uh, I, I will take whatever I can get to get a national championship. Yeah. Uh, like I do, I do not mind vacating at all. I will wear that championship gear wherever I go. Speaking of Louisville, uh, Louisville escapes Miami 38, 21, sorry, 38, 31. I thought I had my, I thought I had it. I thought I picked this one. They look good the whole game. Um, Louisville, or sorry, Miami had the ball on the three, first and goal of the three, and could not get in. Just demoralizing. Just absolutely demoralizing. Um, they still have to play Florida State in the ACC championship. Um, listen, hats off to Jeff Brom, man. Um, again, we talked about their schedule not being um, all that tough. They did get that win against Notre Dame, though, but you still got to give credit to Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom has just done a heck of a job in Louisville, um, a fantastic homecoming. This might be prodigal son returning done right. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's – and you got a big chance to get a big non-conference win to close out the season against Kentucky, too. Uh, but, no, it's uh, – it's been a pretty impressive year for Louisville. Uh, obviously, you've already clinched the berth in the ACC championship. It's going to be Louisville versus Florida State. Uh, bummer there. Uh, we'll get into the Florida State eventually, I think. But, uh, man, look, it, it's it's a very quick turnaround for Louisville football. And uh, in spite of some of the games being closer than they should and in spite of a still head-scratching loss to Pitt, uh, who didn't play this Thursday, uh it has been a heck of a year for for the Cardinals. Yeah, that's and that's kind of listen. And I understand teams lose to inferior teams all the time, um, but you lost a you lost a pit. And not only did you lose, you lost a pit by sixteen. Like you got dominated by pit. Um, so that kind of worries me with the whole ACC dynamic that's going on right there. But again, hats off to uh, Jeff Brom and Louisville. Um, th- this is turning into just such a great year for them. Um, Louisville, top 10 team? I think they're fringe. I think, like, I- I'm not mad at them being in the top 10, if that makes sense. No. I, I think, look, look who look- else is there. Like, if if you're gonna put resumes up, you, you might they have one less loss than everybody. Yeah, you might they're, they're a power five school that's ten and one. There's no reason not to have them in the top ten. 
Yeah, they have to be in the top 10 until they show otherwise that they should not be. Um, do I, if you put them up against a Penn State or Oklahoma, um, you know, I'm trying to think of other teams in there. I, I think Oklahoma and Penn State would be favored by like seven and a half, eight. Um, but how the rankings work, I, I don't have a problem with them being in the top 10 right now. Um, and and look, they did perform well against Notre Dame, bringing that up they again. Did. Like, they did. 100% they did. Uh, we're going to stay in the ACC. Clemson beats North Carolina 31 to 20. Um, this one never seemed to be in doubt. Uh, Jay, is Dabo winning the fans over? Yeah, again? I think he was. I think he was a victim of his own success in a lot of ways. Uh, and I think Clemson fans are kind of starting to realize like how much worse it could be. Uh, for as much as like you know, we talk about Dabo, like little old Clemson, and and some of the mannerisms he has. Uh, he's still a very, very, very good football coach. And always will be. Uh, I do think that like maybe some of the talk lit a fire under him, and I think he relishes that underdog role and performs in it a little bit more uh, when when people kind of dis- discount Clemson. So maybe it's it's a little bit of a self fulfilling prophecy there. Like, okay, Clemson's kind of down on their luck, and 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 now all of a sudden Dabo is is back into it and, and has a little more fire and. You know, maybe fans are seeing that, and he is a passionate guy. Like you can tell, he cares for for the program, and uh, I think that's helping get the fans back on his side. Yeah, and again, you beat South Carolina, you go eight and four. Listen, if if eight and four is your oh, this is this is the worst. If eight and four is this, that's the down year. That's the rebuilding year. Maybe give a guy a, a, another two years and kind of see where it goes. If, if you're still in that eight win, nine win range, you're not getting to 10 wins anymore. Um, there seems to be a gap. Then I think there's you can kind of move on because Dabo hasn't shown that he can adapt with the times. So give him a couple more years, um, see where it goes. If there starts to be a gap between first and him, then maybe, maybe his seat will start to warm up a little. Yeah, and uh, I mean, look, they're still top 20 in recruiting. Uh, obviously, you want to be more top 10 to compete for national titles, but uh, there hasn't been a huge fall off there. Just a few things to address. And, you know, if he gets in the transfer portal and starts using that a little bit more too, uh, I think uh, I think he'll be fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But moving on from that, uh, we're staying in the Carolinas, kind of. Uh, but going up to Harrisonburg, Virginia, uh, for James Madison, James Madison had game day. The fans showed up, showed out, uh, but they suffered their first defeat of the season. App State went into Harrisonburg and, and knocked off James Madison. Uh, you know, Sean Clark was a guy that people have kind of been talking about him on the hot seat and uh, feels like this was a big win for that program in in, uh, in Boone, North Carolina. Yeah, big win for App State. They do win this Um Man, this is going to be a fun matchup between these two schools for year in and year out. App State versus James Madison. Um, but yeah, you know what? It's crazy. Call you know, college game day goes to a place that's a little more niche, um, and twenty thousand people show up. You know, huh. um, yeah, I know. Huh. Who would who would have thought? Uh, you know, the the Georgias, the Alabamas. Uh, I know a Penn State. 
um, you know, Ohio State, Texas. I think all these these uh, programs, there's these fan bases. Uh, I'm not saying getting sick of game day, but it's just not new. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, I went last year. I can go next year, the year after. There is no urgency to get to get there. Um, Dude, the one from Montana State last year was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. I realized it was the coldest game day on record. And, you know, some people probably weren't happy about it. But uh, there were guys camping out there in the Montana cold at, at like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because these schools don't get on national TV often. So when they have a chance, it's like, hey, let's let's go. And I, I think that's what game day is going to have to do. I know they're always about going to the best game, but and you can still do that, and they still will continue to do that. But I think sometimes you got to have to look at the schedule and just be like, okay, what can be a newer place? Like, where can we get the best atmosphere of people? Um, and they made the perfect decision to go to Harrisburg. Now, I do know Corvallis up in Oregon State definitely could have used that. However, I, I do think Oregon State probably would have given them a, a much different reception um, because the ESPN had fed the beast of expansion. So, yeah, know, yeah. Corvallis probably would not have welcomed them as much. But listen, Harrisonburg, it's awesome. You know, we talk about the Sun Belt and these new rivalries. And Jay, I just want you to kind of think about something for a second. As They're new they, old rivalries. <laughs> yes, the new the new old rivalries. So like, the, you know, styles make fights, right? Yeah. You know, you're a proponent of that. Um, you know, App State is the mountain school. I feel like James Madison is a little more elite you know, with how they present themselves a little bit there. So like James Madison, I like I stopped through Harrisonburg and it's still very, uh, Appalachian. Yes. Uh, but th- there's a little bit more like, uh, I don't know, Virginia genteel to it. Yes. Uh, yes. If, I, if, if that makes sense for those houses, listening. houses uh, on a hill, not in the mountains, houses on the hill type of attitude. Yeah. Right? Mo- very, very, you know, like uh, Greek architecture with columns and yes. whatnot. Like yes. it's, it's more like a Southern uh, aristocracy, aristocracy. Yeah. Yes, let me get that word in there. Aristocracy. Uh, yes, uh, that okay. that's kind of the feel. Like it's not right. full on, like you know, Michigan or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's there's definitely a different feel to James Madison, right? And then you have Marshall, who is like the Marshall's like uh, the hair or sorry, coal mining country. It's like coal mining country. Honestly, though, if you go through like Huntington, it it, it has a Scranton feel to it. Like it, I swore it, I was gonna see like like steel workers and stuff. very blue collar. Yes, yeah. Marshall, very blue collar, coal mines, warehouses, stuff like that. And then you have Coastal, which is the beach. Okay, so you have these four programs in the same conference that are all have to play each other. And they are all even though they're close together, they all represent a different part of Americana and a different part of that region. And And really, you got to throw Georgia Southern in there, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, 
Yes, they're more in the south, but yes, I, I well because they're the old FCS rivalries. Yeah. As, yeah. And that's the other thing. And, and that's why Jay, you know, Jay said these new old rivalries. Because all these teams, you know, that's why we're putting Georgia Southern in this conversation. They all fought each other in the FCS. And now they've all made the jump. Which brings me to my next point. We always talk about the rule with James. We've been, you know, this whole year talking about James Madison. They can't go bowling. And it's a dumb, old, outdated rule. However, if you're App State or if you're Georgia Southern, you know, you're going to say, no, they have to wait their turn. We had to wait our turn. They have to wait their turn, too. So, Jay. Do two wrongs make a right? I feel like this is this is the trolley meme. Yeah. This is like the trolley meme of, hey, it happened to me, so it has to happen to them. Listen, I, I get where those fans are coming from, but uh, if we did that, like, we would still be stuck so many, so far in the past, right? Like, there, there is so many things where it's, oh, this is the way we've always done it. Why would we change it? Uh, and you get into that line of thinking and then progress. Like, I get it. Not all progress is good progress. But uh, this feels like a situation where it's like how I talk about NIL. Like, just because I didn't get NIL opportunities doesn't mean I don't think kids these days should get NIL opportunities. Like, I, I still want the kids to get their back while they can. Uh, and I, I think that James Madison should have the opportunity to play in a bowl game and in the postseason. Absolutely, they should. Absolutely. Um, and we're going to stay with the group of five. Big time matchup in the Mountain West. This one this one was fun. UNLV improves to 9-2 and two after their win over Air Force, 31-27. Shut out Air Force in the second half. The go-go offense, Jay. This is fun. The go-go offense is fun. It is a lot of fun. Uh, and it's crazy because we almost didn't get to see this, right? Right. UNLV hired Bobby Petrino as their offensive coordinator, and then AM came and hired him away, and then Brendan Marion gets the OC job at UNLV. And it, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch uh, this Reb team uh, and what they've done. Uh, again, first time getting nine wins since 1984. Like, that's just incredible. Uh, you know, they, they do need to win to, to guarantee their spot in the Mountain West title just because of uh, who they play and what the, the situation looks like there. Uh, San Jose State could have a, a chance since they only have two conference losses, right? And oh, UNLV, wow. okay. yeah, it's it's kind of a weird situation there in the Mountain West. There's a few things to watch. Uh, but I do think that, uh, you know, this UNLV team has been a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, what can you say? Huge turnaround. They have a chance at 10 wins. It's It's just a massive, massive massive season for this program. No, it, it, it really is. Um, no, this is huge for UNLV. We talked about them like they were, they could potentially be a sleeping giant air force loses their third straight game. They looked a lot better in this one. They did look a lot better in this one. Now I'm excited to see who air force is going to play in their bowl game, but Jay Barry Odom coach the year. He's on my short list. Uh, my coach of the year top three right now is Mike or uh, uh, sorry Jedfish, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Kill, and uh, Barry Odom. Very nice, very nice. Uh, 
I know we're not going to talk about this one, but I think another guy to throw in there, I'm not saying he should get coach of the year, but, um, you know, how about Braun from Northwestern? Yeah. Possibly David too. Braun is on my, on my list too. I, I may have, I don't know. I, I've, it's hard to keep track of all the, the no, it is. No, it is. And I'm not, and I'm not saying Braun's better than the three guys you said. I'm just, you know, that's a guy also that I think you can kind of throw in there, especially if they beat Illinois this week. Um, yeah, would but would no, be massive. Mountain West guys, if you're not watching Mountain West football, you gotta you gotta start watching Mountain West football. It's 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 awesome. Honestly, it's yeah. like what the Sun Belt has done on the East Coast. I feel like that's what the Mountain West has become on the West Coast. Just a really fun conference. Yeah, and it's uh it's only gonna get more fun now that they're gonna be playing Oregon State and Washington State. Yeah, for at least two years. For at least two years. Yeah. But yeah. Um and speaking of those Pac twelve teams, Washington escapes Corvallis twenty two twenty. Oregon State dug themselves too big into a hole. That's that's all this game is to me. Washington came out and start dominated this one a little early. And then in the second half, Oregon State just kept fighting back. Washington had no answers for Oregon on offense. Oregon State was shutting them down. This is a very good Washington offense. Oregon State was shutting them down. Um, But I think that's just the downside of the Beavers, that this is not a team that that is built to come from behind. This is a team that takes leads early and then just grinds you down. Um, needed to come back in this one, almost, almost pulled it out, but Washington escapes. Um, so Jay, this is my big question. Washington or after this win, will they be in the top four tonight? I think we may have to wait. Uh, to, to talk about this a little okay. bit, but uh, just because I think it's a topic at the end, but uh, let's just say a certain injury loss affects yeah. my opinion on this. Well, how about this? I'll ask you this. What do you think is different with Washington right now? Because this is a team re- that looked like a juggernaut and now they are looking very human, but still winning. Here's the thing. Uh, you look at who they play the last three weeks in USC, Utah, and Oregon State, and those are all dangerous teams, to be fair, right? Like, each of those teams has something that they do really well and, and can affect the game. Obviously, USC's offense, uh, still one of the better offenses in the country. Uh, Utah, with their physical style, and Oregon State, with physical style. Uh, you put those two games back-to-back, that's tough for anybody to deal with. Uh, the amount of physicality you're going to get in back-to-back weeks. It's not like going two triple option teams in a row, but it's still not going to be fun. Uh, I think we'll see a little bit more from them in this Apple Cup game just because it's it's not going to be another hyper-physical team. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, they, they've been playing close games all year. Uh, at the end of the day, they don't ask you how. They ask you how many. And so far, it's all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's stay in the Pac-12. Chip Kelly saves his job. UCLA wins in the Coliseum, thirty-eight to twenty. Is Lincoln Riley's seed hot? 
I, now, this is a, a deal where, you know, you, you put two years back to back and you say, well, USC hadn't been that bad. But I think there's some off the field stuff with the cultural fit. And, and sometimes we make too much of this, but with the cultural fit of Lincoln Riley from very, very unpopulated West Texas in L.A., uh, there's some some things with the media and how Lincoln Riley deals with it out there that I think USC fans aren't necessarily uh, happy with. Uh, and seven and five isn't good enough at USC either. That that's the other piece of this puzzle. Uh, with that being said, I think people are kind of overblowing it because of his lack of uh, dealing with the media. I think that's part of it. Is LA is a big media town. Uh, USC is a big national brand. And obviously, there's a lot of competition out there. And uh, when when you don't kind of play that media game very well, people are quick to turn on you uh, in, in a bigger city like that. Uh, so I think that's part of the issue with Lincoln Riley. Uh, I wouldn't I don't think he's on the hot seat, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he's not looking to move. If, if he's Ooh. not thinking this is not really where I want to be after all. There's smoke in the house, and he wants to get out. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, my next question for you, should should Chip keep his job? I mean, look, it, it's it's a big win. It, this is the problem with, with giving someone a ultimatum, right? Like, you're coaching for your job. Now it's hard to fire him after the USC win. And right. and he's likely to win against Cal, and if he wins against Cal, eight and four. I mean, I I don't see them moving on because of this game. Like if if they had made the the call after the Arizona State loss, nobody's going to argue with that because right. you lost to a, a team that's that's not very good, uh, three and eight on the year. But now you go into the Coliseum, you beat your biggest rival, and and you get the victory bell and, and take it home. Uh, it's a lot harder to make that call to fire somebody, especially if if UCLA wins out and all of a sudden you're looking at a nine and fourteen. Yeah, I and mean, again, again, we have to go back to that the the coaching cycle and and how much money is probably going to be thrown around in, in this off season. I, I will say this: the one thing I have heard, uh, I I've talked to, I talked to uh, a UCLA guy, my UCLA insider, and he's telling me that. Um, UCLA or Chip Kelly, not the best leader kind of rubs a lot of people the wrong way, which I mean, really Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly is not a nice man. Um, and you know, I think boosters are kind of upset with them. Also, I've kind of heard he's not taking recruiting serious. Like he's not, he's recruiting his talent. But there is no focus on anywhere else besides quarterback and wide receiver. Um, so I think there are some worries there, long term. Yeah, and uh, you know I think the transition to the Big Ten could make a big difference in this too, and and how they perform next year. Uh, it's going to be difficult because there's a lot of minute program management with the amount of travel. That, that UCLA is going to have to do. Uh, so we'll see how they kind of uh, adapt to that. Absolutely. Um, moving down to the SEC country, Mizzou. Mizzou beats Florida 
I still can't believe Florida blew this game. <laughs> Florida had Mizzou fourth and 18. Fourth and 18, I want to say on Mizzou's 40-some, and they complete it. Mizzou goes down the field, kicks the field goal, wins the game. Yeah. It's not as crazy as the fourth and 25 from Ole Miss, Arkansas, no. a few years back. Uh, but it, it's just as heartbreaking. And, uh, I mean, man, this uh, this Mizzou team, talk about finding ways to win. Unless they're playing Georgia. I mean, they're doing a, doing a great job of it. So Yeah, finding ways uh, to win. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't be mad at that if you're a Mizzou fan. I mean, they have to be thrilled with the year that they're having. And uh, you close it out with a game against an Arkansas team that's uh, that's really struggling. So uh, a, a good chance to uh, to get to 10 wins on the year. And, uh, again, Jake, I have to tip my hat to you because you called this one. Maybe Listen, not all the I, way to 10 wins. No, but. <laughs> I did not call this to 10. I did say I said I think I said this. I think this team, the, this team can win nine games. I wouldn't be surprised if they win eight. I said, but I, I think I actually, I said, settled at eight. I said, I think eight is what I settled on. And then I said, you know, they might only win seven. I said, I think it would surprise me a little bit if they won nine. I did not think they would win 10. Like, yeah. But, and yeah, that's what it's looking like there. It's going to be um, if they take care of business against Arkansas, but listen, Mizzou, uh, playing really good football, Florida, man, that last drive, no pressure, just absolutely no pressure at all. Um, I don't know what their secondary was doing. Uh, they, they're just not picking up linebackers, just not picking up guys, not picking up the yeah. tight end, not picking up the slot, not um, getting um, hitting their, I, I don't know what they were doing. I have no idea what they were doing. Um, they, uh, honestly, no, I do know they're covering grass. That's what it looked like they were doing. They were covering grass out there, like s- standing where no receiver is. Um, so just terrible, terrible job by them with identifying, identifying, identifying who is going to be, um, in their zone and getting there. Um, yeah, awful job by that Florida, uh, defense, but. Mizzou wins again. Um, got to gotta give it to him. Sunflower showdown. Kansas State beats the Jayhawks again, 31-27. The 15th straight win for Kansas State over Kansas. The last time Kansas has beat Kansas State was in 2008. Jay. Would you say Kansas had a successful year if if they finished seven and five? Uh, look, I, I think that's kind of a moot point because I think they beat Cincinnati. Uh, but uh, I think that would still be a success when you look at who they lost to. Other than the Cincinnati loss, everyone that they lost to was expected to be good this year. Uh, obviously, you have the loss to Texas. Texas is, you know, at least competing for a playoff. You have a win over OU, right? That's a big thing. Right. Uh, you have you have a non-conference win against Illinois. Like that's a, a power five win. Uh, you would love to have the win over Kansas State, uh, but it, it's that's a very tough team. Uh, I think Kansas State is a, is a really good program. Uh, the Texas Tech loss hurts a little bit, but Texas Tech was also expected to be a lot better this year than than their record shows. Uh, 
Cincinnati would be a bad loss, but again, I think I think they win at Cincinnati and get to eight and four. Uh, the question being seven and five, I think it's still a successful year for Kansas. Mm-hmm. It's hey, they had a lot of adversity they had to go through to end that with a winning. Um, attend the year with a winning season is is going to be big. I mean, especially for Kansas, like Kansas was the laughing stock. They were the, um, you know. Colorado, the big 12 last year, the Vandy in the sec, um, you know, the big 10, you, who do you have? Uh, well, you can't say Rutgers now, but you know, most years, either Rutgers or, or Indiana, you know, someone like that. And they were the doormat of the big 12 and Hey man, they're, they're, they're competing. They're competing. They hit some adversity and they're, they're still doing, you know, pretty well this year. They should be Cincinnati. Um, moving to the West coast. Arizona boat races Utah. Uh, Arizona has four ranked wins this this season. All right. Jay, I alluded to this before. Can I say something? And I, and I, I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I think Kyle Winningham is a good coach. I do. And I know Utah does not have the quarterback that they need. However, Winningham dials one of these up like every year. And, and, and I don't know it's, if it's because he's at Utah. And, and I, I like Kyle Winningham. I do. I don't want people to think, oh, he hates Winningham. No, I do. I like Winningham. He's a, a likable guy. But I feel like he loses games he shouldn't lose. He does it often. He gets sometimes gets blown out in this fashion, but I feel like he gets like he doesn't get buried like other these other guys do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Paul. Well, I think Chris, Utah fans love him. I know, and they should. They should. He's brought this, and I think that's maybe the reason is like he's made them relevant. But I feel like Winningham does not get the criticism that Paul Chris yeah, got at Wisconsin, or. You know, Kirk Ferentz does, or um, I'm gonna s- even Lane. Uh, well, Lane kind of deserves it. He's been around the block. Uh, Lane, yeah. Lane can Lane can kind of be unlikable. Um, you know, but I feel like he doesn't. I feel like he's just a darling, and but I feel like he always this always happens with with his teams, you know. But again, you know how you make people forget about losses like this? You go you go beat USC. You know, you go win or, the conference championship. You, you go win the conference championship. And like, but he does things like I don't know. He it's a roller coaster ride. You never know what you're going to get with Winningham. He is a good coach. He's brought Utah to a respect level that I don't think any of pe- anybody older than 30 could ever have seen or thought they could hit. Um but I just feel like this happens way too much with him. Yeah. And I feel like he never gets called out for it. Well, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with the, uh, you know, the, the Utah going to uh, the big 12 next year and seeing how they make that transition. Excited to get the Holy war back as a conference game. That'll be fun. I know. Right. Be, uh, uh, and you know, they should play Utah state, get some beehive boot action too. Absolutely. That's, like a, that's a three-way tie. Uh, Jay, Jet Fish to AM, would you take it? Absolutely, I would. Uh, I still think the top. 
Uh, no. I mean, it's probably a lot. It's who knows, lot. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, whoa. Hey, hang on. That's that's another thing we haven't talked about. Um, Arizona misplaced what twenty four million dollars worth of funds. Uh, Maybe two hundred. No, it was two hundred forty. Yeah, two hundred forty. Yeah, which is Ari- insane. And that's in- that's not just that's not the athletics program. That is the university budget. Okay, so that's the university budget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that just that, that shouldn't have any bearings on sports. Although, uh, well, <laughs> well, they're going to cut. They're they're probably going to cut lots of things. Uh, cutting cutting athletics is on the table. Another thing they've mentioned is uh, like selling their sports programs, which I don't really know how that would work. How would you sell a collegiate sports program? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that happens. But again, this is not just athletics. This is the entire university. Uh, a $240 million budget shortfall that has talked about cuts to student scholarships, uh, athletic programs, and uh, uh, educator salaries. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's pretty wild uh, that, that this is uh, this is happening just because somebody <laughs> like it sounds like essentially it's like somebody misplaces zero because I don't know how you make that big of a a mistake. Do you know what this is? You ever see Office Space? Yeah, yeah. It's my Michael Bolton. He's like, I knew I put the decimal point in the wrong place. <laughs> like, like, how do you do that? Um, but no, that not good. Uh, again, when, when you talk about coaches' salaries and things like that, like, you know, I know people bring up, oh, we have a deficit here, but like, we can pay the co-. like, dude. That's a separate fund. The problem is now they're losing all of this money. It's it, they're gonna have to take it out of somewhere, it, and I know this is people's lives, and there are bigger things than the the Arizona sports. However, what a what terrible timing, because the football program looks like it's on the up, like and yeah. now there is danger of them losing their football program uh, potentially. I, I don't. That's the last thing they're gonna want to do. They're gonna want to keep. And- Football and basketball, as especially basketball, they're going to yeah. want to keep those as long as they possibly could. And uh, I mean, you can't blame like educators or, or students at the school for being pissed about this either. Like, again, this is just a horrible, horrible miscalculation. Uh, but we don't have to get it too deep into that. No. Uh, ha- again, hats off to Jed Fish and what he's done. I would definitely be happy with Jed Fish at AM. Uh, moving to the Big Ten. Uh, Iowa is the Big Ten West champ, uh, even though uh, the climb to 325 did not go well. Uh, look, the Hawkeyes play a signature brand of football, and you know it may not win them a national title, but it has won them the Big Ten West often. And uh, you know, just a great, great defensive program turns games into rock fights, and it's uh, it's it's fun to watch for me. I know other people don't uh, don't necessarily enjoy it, but uh, they they win they win their division. No, they do, and again, their their defense is so good. Their special teams is great. Um, this is one of the worst offenses we've seen uh, in a while, but they win games, man. Um, and they were one bad call or you know one funky call away from. Right now, having ten wins, yeah. Um, 
You know, and here's the thing. Does Brian Ferentz deserve to be fired? Absolutely. However, watching him on the sideline with the players and with his, you know, with Kirk, that is a good moment. So yeah. Brian Ferentz deserves both. He did one deserve to have his moment there with that team. Also deserve to be fired or soon to be fired. He'll, we he won't have a job at the end of the year, but he deserved to have that moment with, with those players and with those guys. He 100% deserved it. Yeah. And uh, listen, things, things could get a little interesting next week, but uh, it, it's still a great year for Iowa. Nine wins. Uh, you know, obviously you make an offensive change. I just, I don't think that, that anything's going to change with the offense uh, under as long as Kirk Ferentz is the head coach. Nope. I don't think so either. I don't think it's going to change either. They're they're They are going to have to recruit and develop guys. If you want that offense to be, if you want that offense to be better. Um, <laughs> this next one, the fight in Jerry kills New Mexico state, the Aggies dominate Auburn 31 to 10 dominate no dominate dominated them um it's rough being an auburn tiger fan right now um i think Hugh freeze will turn them around eventually i hope he doesn't because i hate him however <laughs> um i do think he is going to turn them around and jay do you know what this opens the door for i i think i texted you this all Auburn fans. Well, you know, Nick Saban, he did lose to Louisiana Monroe. You know, that's the new, like, if you have an NFL quarterback that's a rookie that's not doing well, it's, well, you know, Peyton Manning, look at Peyton Manning's numbers. You know, he didn't have yeah. good numbers either. That this is now the Yeah, this is now the college football version of, you know, Nick Saban, he lost to Louisiana Monroe his first year. Um, Listen, good for New Mexico State. Wins a bye game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say about this. They just absolutely stomped Auburn. Yeah, it wasn't close. Uh, and and New Mexico State has nine wins on the season now. So, uh, one of the losses for one, the Aggies. Which one of their losses was to UMass, which I still can't. I still can't come I, to terms with what happened there. Yeah, I mean, that, it was that early. is. Uh, it, was, it was week zero. It, it, very similar to the uh, Louisville Pitt game, uh, where it's just like, how did that happen? Yeah. Uh, probably even more confusing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a fun program to watch, and I'm excited for them to be in the Conference USA Championship. Uh, you know, the Aggies are they're playing good football, and uh, nine and three, five and two away, so like they're playing well on the road too. Uh, it's just, you know, this is this is why Jerry Kill is in my coach of the year conversation as well. Uh, for reference, though, uh, Hugh Freeze last two years zero and two against Jerry Kill coach teams. Last year at Liberty, he lost to Jerry Kill as well. Uh, combined score of eighty to twenty four in those two games. <laughs> just awful. Oh man, just awful. Um. Auburn chokes on their cupcake. But you know what, though? Hang on. That was going to be my joke. New Mexico State, even though it looks like it on paper, New Mexico State is not a cupcake. Again, not nine and cupcake. three. Nine and three. I don't care who you play. 
Um, you're a you're a, a FBS team. You're nine and three. You, you can't be taken lightly. Um, scores from other games, just really quick. Um, involved two teams involved with ranked uh, opponents pulled away at the end. Texas over Iowa State, and then Oklahoma and BYU. Um, Texas beats Iowa State's 26-16. Oklahoma beats BYU 31-24. These, both these games, I, I kind of put them together because they're very similar. Really, really close. And then fourth quarter, um, Oklahoma and Texas kind of pull away um, to get another win on their schedule. Um, now, Jay, let's go into the FCS Minute. And uh, just a warning ahead of time, this is going to be more like an FCS 10 minutes because uh, we have a lot to talk about here. <laughs> uh, starting with week 12, uh, Montana crushing Montana State and the Brawl of the Wild, 37-7. to 7. Uh, Montana State was just never really in this game. I mean, uh, Montana super physical from the jump and, and kind of just had their way, uh, bring the trophy back to Missoula. Uh, again, just a just a big win for this Montana team. It's a three versus four in the FCS rankings matchup. I think maybe two versus three even. Uh, Montana State is uh, you know very good program. Uh, Montana has been competitive the past few years, but uh, this was a statement when it felt like in the Big Sky, and uh, it gives Montana the title. <laughs> yeah, um, dude, we got to go to Brawl the Wild. Yeah, the, this yeah. we're gonna start a campaign for it, either yeah. either next year or twenty twenty five when they go back to Missoula. Yeah, no offense to Montana State, but I would want to go to Mon- I would I would rather go to Missoula. Washington Grizzly is known as the mecca of FCS football for a reason, yeah. and I yeah, think, uh, I, know. I think we're in agreement on where we would prefer to go to that. But uh, I'd I'd go to Bozeman too, to be fair. Yeah, Bozeman, but uh, what else is going on in FCS land? Well, this is, uh, I believe you have something to talk about on FCS I do. Land because I you do. have a connection. I do. The Great Danes, my Great Danes, the Albany Great Danes. Listen, I don't care what they say on ESPN. I don't care what the CAA says. The Albany Great Danes are the CAA champions. No sharing. Listen, they beat the bricks off of the Wildcats and Villanova. Sit down. The Great Danes are the CAA champions. They're ranked fifth right now. They got a bye. They got either Richmond or NCCU. The Great Danes, baby. Love, I love, I love my Great Danes. Love my Great Danes. CAA champions. Uh, look out. Uh, they're going to make a splash of the playoffs. Can't wait to watch. All right, and uh, speaking of the playoffs, we'll start by talking about a snub. Uh, Incarnate Word, who was ranked for most of the year, uh, has one FCS loss to to Nickel State, uh, and they're left out of the playoff. Look, I, I get that this playoff is largely Big Sky and, and Missouri Valley teams, and, and both of those conferences are very good. Uh, but it seems pretty criminal for a team that only has one FCS loss uh, after being ranked in the in the top ten for a lot of the year to be left out. Uh, so that's kind of frustrating. But but let's go into this uh, FCS bracket. Uh, your one seed, South Dakota State, reigning national champ. No surprise there. Uh, two seed, Montana, 
again, we talked about the Grizzlies just now. They had a massive win over Montana State. Uh, not really a surprise to see them that high on the list. South Dakota is your three seed. Uh, it's a program that's had a lot of success this year. They beat North Dakota State, uh, beat North Dakota, and uh, they're looking to kind of have their breakout year. Your four seed is Idaho, uh, the Vandals, and the Kibbe Dome. They uh, they had that big win over Montana State as well earlier this year, and uh, you know they they've had a lot of success. The five seed that you just talked about. Oh, oh, I got something with the Vandal. I saw something. One of the greatest references I've ever seen in my life. On Twitter, uh, on the Twitter slash the X, um, it said, "I haven't seen a beat down by the Vandals that bad since the sack of Rome of 435." And it's my Roman Empire, baby. Oh yeah. So anyway, I, I had I had to share that. But yeah, uh, Vandals they showed you do not mess with the Kibby Dome. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Albany Great Danes that you talked about. Uh, right, they get NC Central or Richmond. Uh, that's the five seed. At the six seed is Montana State. Again, this is a program that uh, has so much historical success in the FCS uh, playoffs, but they've come up like, short against South Dakota State a couple times. Uh, your seven seed is Furman. Uh, the Paladins had a surprising loss and were in the top four for most of the year, uh, but that loss takes them out of the uh the top four they're still seated at seven uh and then villanova is your eight seed which you kind of talked about as well uh the first round matchups start this weekend and so those eight teams that we just mentioned all get buys uh so you have gardner webb and mercer uh duquesne and youngstown uh you have nc central and richmond nc central is an interesting case uh because they are a Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference team, an HBCU team. Uh, the winners of that conference normally go to the Celebration Bowl. Uh, North Carolina Central has a loss to Howard, so they didn't win that conference, but they have a very good 9-2 record. Uh, so they, they don't win the conference, but because they've had such a good year and they've beaten some really good teams, uh, they're not eligible for the Celebration Bowl, but they are eligible for the FCS playoffs. See, this is what I don't understand. Um, like, I feel like the celebration bowl should be played after the FCS, after the FCS, uh, playoff, because like those teams should be involved. Okay. Yeah. The HBCUs should be in the FCS. Um, or play it before. How about championship week? Like we have championship week. This, you know, you know, or sorry, next week. You know, play the HBCU championship then. Play the celebration yeah. bowl during championship week. And then, you know, if whoever you want to take after that, you know, you could put in the playoffs. Um Again, I know there's a bunch of logistic th- logistic things there that would have to be taken care of, but I don't know. I just feel like um, the MEAC and the SWAC, they'll play each other, but I feel like the winner of that should go to the FCS or, you know, do the playoffs, and then after that, they play, play, play each other. Yeah. yeah, I don't disagree with you there, uh, but again, logistical things that people that are much smarter than us will have to tackle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Nickel State and Southern Illinois. Uh, Nickel State wins the Southland Conference. Uh, they're the ones that handed Incarnate Word that loss. Uh, and they play Southern Illinois from the Missouri Valley Conference, who's had a pretty solid year. Uh, Sacramento State and North Dakota. Uh, so that's a big sky team and a Missouri Valley team again. You're going to see a lot of that, right? Like mm-hmm. those are the two. They're the Big Ten in the SEC of the FCS, essentially. Right. Uh, yeah. Then you have Drake and North Dakota State. Uh, North Dakota State from the Missouri Valley. Uh, Drake from the Pioneer. It, it's... I feel like North Coast State's probably going to win this game, setting up a meeting with Montana State. That's going to be a fun second-round matchup. Uh, Chattanooga and Austin P. You have a couple of uh, teams from Tennessee in the FCS. Uh, Austin P. has been really good in the in the new UAC, which is uh, United Athletic Conference, kind of a combo of, uh, or not really kind of a combo. It is a combination of the WAC and the and the ASUN. Uh, Lafayette and Delaware is the last matchup. One of those East Coast teams is going to have to go to Missoula uh, next week, which is an unfortunate fate. But uh, that, that's the the nature of the beast in FCS playoffs. Uh, but again, those games start this weekend. Uh, so be sure to tune in. Like, I know it's rivalry week. There's going to be a lot of good games on, but it's going to be very, very good football being played in the FCS ranks this, this week. And, and I'd encourage you to tune in and catch some of those FCS playoff games. Absolutely love it. Uh, again, Carnot. Uh, Incarnate Word, uh, man, them missing it. I think that that that's a shame. We were talking before. That's like if you know, um, you know, uh, a college basketball team, you know, winning all year, then losing their conference, losing their conference tournament game, and now getting left out. That's pretty much what happened to Incarnate Word. Definitely got snubbed. Um, but there is our FCS minute. <laughs> Very definitely, much definitely FCS yeah. 15 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, let's get into rivalry week. Let's get into it. Um, we're going to start on Thanksgiving on Thursday. Uh, actually, wait, wait, Jay, wait. what? I know egg bowl. I know we got a little egg bowl action here. Um, egg bowl, old miss at Mississippi state. Mississippi state is a 13 and a half point underdog. And you know what? I like that. I think I'm going to take Mississippi state plus 13 and a half in this one because the egg bowl is never simple. Um, and, and I think Mississippi state, that place is going to be rocking. Um, I like Mississippi state to keep this one uh, yeah. rather close. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm saying they're going to cover though. Did you see the video from the Mississippi state locker room? No. Uh, against Southern miss. No. Uh, pre-game their coach rode in to the locker room on like a, on like a four wheeler, like, like a stone cold entrance back in the day. Uh, really? very incredible video. You got to check that out. It was, it was I do got to check that out. I do. Gotta the check interim it out. coach knocks. It is, uh, right. But yeah, this, this is one of those games. It's always kind of weird, wacky, wild. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. It's, it is must watch TV for me just because of the chaos factor that always seems to be present. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if a game like is a blowout, it seems like there's always some kind of like chippiness or mm-hmm. uh, again, chaos factor magnified uh, anytime these two teams meet on the field. Yeah. Also, Jay, we have to say it. You and I have some have another game, not college football, but on Thanksgiving, Texas A&M versus Penn State basketball, a rematch from last year's 
tournament, um, you, Texas A&M is going to kill them. I, I think Penn State might keep it close, but Penn State has they have four percent of their returning production from last year is back, so they have a brand new team, lots of transfers. But just wanted to throw it out there to the people listening that Jay and I are going against each other on Thanksgiving in the college basketball world. Um, I do think Texas A&M wins that basketball game. Uh, they get a little bit of revenge from uh, Penn State taking them to Funky Town uh, last year in the tournament. Yeah, and and I'll be honest with you, like I think this game has been circled for A&M for a while. <laughs> uh, they have a win over Ohio State earlier this year. Uh, A&M is ranked 12th in the country at the moment. Obviously, early season basketball rankings are uh, you, you can't really read too much into them and, and things happen in the tournament anyway that render these rankings, you know, obsolete. But I, I do think that A&M at home against Penn State is going to be a very motivated squad on, on Thanksgiving. Uh, I think I would favor the Aggies in that one as well. Yeah, I uh, neutral. I don't know where they're at. I, I don't think they're at A&M. I think they're at uh... a neutral. Oh yeah, no, you're right. It's at uh, it's in Florida. Florida, yeah. Um, still though, um, uh, yeah. I there are people uh, again. Obviously, there are P- Texas A&M people that like we our account follows and that I follow and that follow us. And all already they were like, they're like, I've never been so ready for a basketball game in November. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> like, like you guys know that the whole team's gone, right? No. They it see it seems like Texas A and M fans are definitely excited to whoop well, up you, on the you have, Lions. You have pretty much all of our uh, production returned this year, right? Uh, and then you also add into the fact that A and M football hasn't been good this year, mm-hmm. so all of a sudden you you see one of the other big sports teams ranked, and uh, there is a lot of a lot of uh, fans that are wanting uh, A&M to perform well and, and are going to be excited about this, you know, probably until they play Virginia and, and Houston and, and things maybe take a little bit of a downward turn, but uh, starting the season undefeated and, and having a chance to get revenge on a tournament loss is, is, is a big factor in, in the amount of talk. I think. Hey, hey uh, and this, this will be the end of the basketball talk, but uh I, I just hope Penn State plays well and keeps this thing close just to show that, hey, you know, we 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 could be a tough out in the Big Ten and, and we have a shot here to maybe make the tournament. But but, yeah, we got a little bit of we got a little bit of rooting interest right now with the pod going against each other. Um, let's go to Friday. Jay, one of the most underrated college football days um, all year is Black Friday. Um I hate, I think they said there's NFL games going to be on black Friday. That's ridiculous. I hate it. Ge- yeah, exactly. Double Dukes. He's given the double, uh, it's bad. Yeah, radio, for those, but, yeah, but it's double Dukes. He's given the double, double Dukes, double out. birds for the, uh, for the NFL, for the NFL taking away our day. Um, so let's talk right now. Yeah. UTSA at Tulane, both undefeated in AAC play along with SMU. I don't know. Does this line? It, what's is has Frank Harris looked better? Is Frank Harris back? Because uh, UTSA Frank has, has had looked a lot. very good the past okay. couple weeks. 
Because yeah. again, UTSA's kind of fell off my radar uh, a little bit, and I know you are the Texas man, so that's yeah. your. Saw him, that's your saw Frank Harris in person at North Texas, and and he looked like the Frank Harris of old, uh, and I think that's why this line's very close. Uh, so we you mentioned it, UTSA and and Tulane both undefeated in AAC play, uh, SMU also undefeated. Uh, all three of these teams still have a chance to either make the conference championship or lose the conference championship. Uh, I don't know what all the scenarios are as far as that goes, but uh, this is going to be a very fun weekend to watch American uh, football. Uh, UTSA and Tulane is a fantastic game, uh, really fun stylistic matchup, and I think uh, I think the Roadrunners might pull off the upset. I think so too. I think so too. I'll go Roadrunners on the road. Dude, and that UTSA SMU conference championship uh, will be massive if that happens. Is SM, SMU ranked? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, I think Tulane is the only, uh, the only American ranked. team that's ranked. I have a theory. Okay, SM. I I got to pull up SMU schedule right now. They um, have losses at Oklahoma and at TCU. Do you know what I'm thinking about right now? So, okay. I've I've been watching a lot of bowl projections. Everybody has Tulane. Tulane, 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 Tulane. What if SMU gets in, wins the American, okay? That means they'll be ranked. That means they'll probably be the highest ranked um the highest ranked group of 5 team. Meaning, well, who Liberty is your is your uh, highest ranked other than Tulane right now? That oh my god, that burns me up, man. But Liberty does have to play those. Uh, they beat them earlier in the year, but New Mexico State looks like a different team. Oh my god, I I will never in that conference them. championship. Yes, yes, they have to. They have to beat them for America, because this is my thought. I've seen a lot of bowl projections. I've been seeing a lot of, you know, Penn State possibly playing Tulane. What if the game's not Tulane? What if it's SMU? Now, talk about the history there. I was just going to say there's history between SMU and Penn State, where Penn State in 1982 was selected to play Herschel Walker and the Georgia Bulldogs in the Sugar Bowl. And SMU, because of their schedule, because the voters did not believe that SMU had a strong enough resume, SMU was kept out of the national title in 1982. Penn State went on to play Georgia in Herschel Walker, beat Georgia in Herschel Walker in the Sugar Bowl to give Penn State its first true outright national title. Okay. Um, And SMU is kind of sitting at home. So I'm not saying as a Penn state fan, I would want to play SMU. Okay. Cause you're in a no lose situation. However, there will be a little bit of a buzz because of the history of these, those two programs in the eighties. And I thought about I was, this. I was going further back. Uh, uh 1948 with the integrated. Oh, with the integration. In the yes. Oh, absolutely. So you got Wally. So here's the thing. So Penn State would have to play in the um, 
they had to play in the Cotton, Cotton Bowl. Bowl, Cotton Bowl against SMU, and SMU said, um, "Listen, you have to br- you have to leave your black players behind, like uh, Wally Triplet. Oh, the other guy's name who was just as important. I'm forgetting his name. Wally Triplet was like uh, known as like the better player, um, and Penn State refused. They were like, no, then then we we forfeit. We're not going." We, we, we're, and the no, story we, is that's the the birth of the we are. Yeah, that's it's it's like George again. It's Pence, yeah, it's George Washington's cherry tree. Um, it's it's like the George Washington cherry tree story for Penn State fans. That's probably not where it came from. Now, but either way, there, that would be fun. There was a letter though that was sent, um, uh, where uh, Suey, who there's generations of Sueys throughout Penn State's lineage. Um, saying no, no, no. It's either, um, it's either we all we all go or none of us go, and then that's a we are Penn State. Yeah, which again, the cherry tree, the cherry tree story. Um, actually, thinking back, and this is very embarrassing for the Penn State fans listening. I believe the a game against SMU was the first ever game that was integrated. I think they had to play Miami the year before, and I think Miami said no. But I know they did play SMU in the Cotton Bowl. It was either, uh, yes, I believe that was the first ever game that was integrated in Texas in the South was 1945 Penn State versus SMU. So, yes, there is a history between those two schools. Um, Throughout history, throughout, you know, 1982, 1945. But yeah, anyways, it would be nice. It would, it, there would be history if Penn State had to play SMU. Wouldn't be crazy about it, but. Um, there is a little bit of history there with that one. Um, uh, let's continue there because I, I know I botched that story. The Penn state fans are definitely going to kill me for that one. Um, Mizzou at Arkansas, uh, Arkansas only a seven point dog at home. I mean, I, I don't know. One hand says Mizzou's going to kill him. The other hand. They just had a big win last week, maybe having a little hangover against Florida. I don't know. Jay, do you think Arkansas win, can win this one? No. And uh, dude, the hangover point, like we thought Mizzou might have had a hangover after Georgia, and then they stomped Tennessee. Right. Uh, so I think they're more likely to go the other way. And, you know, they, they look at the win over Florida and they think, you know, we should be that team by more. Uh, and, and we made that one closer than it needed to be, and we really had to sweat it. Uh, so we're going to come out against Arkansas. And, and this is, I mean, a pseudo rivalry. Like these two teams were paired together because they're bordered. But like mm-hmm. Mizzou fans and Arkansas fans don't really care that much about this one. Uh, with that being said, I think Mizzou goes into into Fayetteville and wins this one uh, by more than a touchdown. Probably like a 10-point win. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Mizzou Mizzou minus seven, I think, is your play there. Um, this next one, Mountain West, lots of implication here. Air Force at Boise State. Boise State, six and a half point favorite at home, and I would go with the Broncos here. I really like what the Broncos have cooking up. I still can't believe they fired their coach because this team, I think, is going to the Mountain West Championship. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. Uh, I, I, I mean, look it, – I get that you're not happy with with what your program has done these past two years, but to still have a chance to go to back to back Mountain West title games 
is impressive. And and like you said, uh, Air Force could go to the Mountain West title here. Uh, in the other Mountain West game, and I kind of hinted at it, and we'll we'll get into it later. But there's also some some stakes there. Uh, I mean, look, I I think I'm with Boise here too, just because Air Force hasn't looked good these past few weeks. Uh, you know, we'll see. A lot of things can happen here, but uh, I'm on the Broncos as well. Yeah. Um, this next one, Texas tech plus 13 and a half at Texas. I like Texas tech to cover. I know they've had their problems this year. I think Texas tech is going to keep this a game. This team is a lot more talented than they have shown. I like the red Raiders to keep this thing close. I just think that uh, Texas is going to be out for revenge after last year when the Raider Red Raiders won, rushed the field. Uh, the Big 12 runs through Lubbock. All of that that happened last year I think is going to be in the minds of the Longhorns, and I think they blow them out. Okay. This next one, Jay, uh, the battle for the most beautiful trophy in all of sports. Penn State Land at Grant. Michigan State. It's Land Grant week. It snuck up on us. Uh, this game, of course, not being played in East Lansing. It's being played at Ford Field. Um, as a college football fan, that's awful and terrible and disgusting, and I can't believe they would do that. As a Penn State fan, I enjoy playing in a dome um, in East Lansing in November because every time Penn State has to play Michigan State, it seems like there's either a bassoon, a tornado, a thunderstorm, a, a snow squall, there's always bad weather when Penn State has to play up in Michigan State, so I'm happy it's in a dome. Um, Detroit listen, Rock City. Yep, Detroit. Oh, do, oh don't uh, reference Kiss. You'll get me all fired up. Um, <laughs> Michigan State, a plus 20 at home, a 20-point underdog at home. Listen, I I don't know. I don't care how bad Michigan State's defense has looked. Uh, Penn State's offense has – been clunky lately has been very very clunky was clunky against michigan was clunky against Rutgers. it's been clunky lately um especially on the road so on one hand i know michigan state's a bit of a dumpster fire but i i think michigan state kind of keeps this one a little close they kept it close last year penn state pulled away at the end but this that was a game in the third quarter i think michigan state's gonna cover this I do. Although also, another side of me says that they won the brass spittoon last week and they're, they're just happy with that. And they're going to sleepwalk through this whole thing. But um, my gut is telling me Michigan state with the points. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of points. And I just offensively, I don't have a lot of faith in Penn state either. Uh, no, it's, Cause it's, it's a lot good. of points to cover. And uh, backup quarterback. Well, they think Drew Lahr is going to play. But, you know, Bo Prabola, he can run that read option, but we haven't really saw, seen him throw that much, man. Um, yeah, uh, you, you're thinking Michigan State, too? I, I think I'm taking Michigan State, too. I just, with the I just, I, with the points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not outright. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not happy with this being in Ford Field either. So, no. uh, but I, I can get why you might be happy as a, as a fan am. of Penn State. Yes. I'm sure the weather's not going to be great in East Lansing. Uh, <laughs> we move to our final game, the big uh, final game for Friday. Uh, Oregon State heads to Eugene. 
uh, Oregon. Uh, Ducks are minus 14 at home. Uh, the final civil war that we know of, uh, obviously like Washington, Washington state have signed a deal to keep the apple cup through 2028. I don't know if you saw that, but, uh, I did. That's very excited about that. Yep. I hope that Oregon and Oregon state can somehow find a way to replicate that process. But, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have high hopes for it. Uh, with that being said, I think Oregon wins this one. I think 14 is a lot of points though. 14 looks like a lot, and I think it's one of those where a lot of people are going to be, be putting money on Oregon State just because of how close they kept it with Washington. Um, I think Oregon blows them out. I think Oregon's playing the best football maybe of anybody in the country outside of Georgia. Yeah. Oregon's it's playing a, it's some a, great football. It's a home game, so uh, you're not going to have that hostile Beaver crowd who's who's mad about uh the the commentary alignment and whatnot. I think it helps a lot that Oregon gets this game at home. No, it absolutely does. Um, then we move to Saturday. Um, Kentucky at Louisville. Kentucky outright, Jay. Money, Kentucky, Kentucky outright. Kentucky money line. Louisville is excited. They're, they've clinched the ACC championship i know they hate kentucky i know they do but kentucky wins this game outright on the arm of devin leary yeah and look kentucky's coming off two straight losses the loss to south carolina is is not a good one uh but with that being said i think the wildcats will bounce back uh one of those losses was to alabama and then you go on the road i think there's a little bit of a come down right when you have all the energy for one of the best teams in the country uh, and then you play against a, a team that you're expecting to beat and lose. Uh, not necessarily surprised to see Kentucky uh, fall against South Carolina. Uh, they'll be back up for Louisville, and, and Louisville is is not Alabama. Uh, I think there will be a, a sizable portion of Kentucky fans in Louisville Stadium. Uh, I think they'll travel well for that game. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if I like Lou, uh, Kentucky outright, uh, but I like them to cover. Okay. Uh, the game, Ohio State at Michigan. Uh, Michigan is a four-point favorite at home. I don't know. Don't know who's going to win this one. I'm not betting on this one. But I do want to see if I can get a future on if there's going to be a fight in the tunnel because I think that is 100% certain. There will 100% be some sort of scuffle in that Michigan tunnel um, at some point. There's 100. This is 100%. There's going to be a fight. And it's going to yeah. be in or around that tunnel. It's happening. It's been building for a while. Um, and by the way, this is really the last game that there are major repercussions for the the winner and loser. Where if the loser could, their playoff hopes could die uh, besides for seeding. Um, and yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know who's going to win this one. It's going to be very chippy. It's going to be must-see TV. I wouldn't be overly shocked if, you know, somebody else loses and, and maybe both of these teams still have a shot at the playoff. Uh, but, yeah, this is going to be a massive contest. Uh, you know what? I like Ohio State. Money line. You do? I do. I think it can happen. I think it definitely can happen. Um, we will see. Uh, Jay, you're, a, you're Texas A&M Aggies, 10.5 at LSU. That's a... Can they stop? Can they stop Daniels? 
Uh, so let me spin you a little yarn here. Uh, the last time Texas A&M was coming off of a win at home against LSU uh, and playing a quarterback that was in Heisman contention, Joe Burrow spelled his name in the Cajun fashion, and LSU absolutely beat the shit out of A&M. Uh, <laughs> this is not a good stylistic matchup for the Aggies. Uh, you know, A&M's down to their third-string quarterback. Elijah Robinson is interim head coach. There's a lot of weird things about this game. Uh, I would not touch this with a 10-foot pole just because I think there's some confusion uh, bound to happen. Uh, With that being said, if I was going to bet, I would probably take LSU because A&M's defensive struggles uh, to cover against Ole Miss uh, will be only exposed more against an LSU passing attack featuring Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas. Yeah, I... I don't like L- I don't like Texas A and M's chances in this one. That I'm makes sorry, me feel Jared. a little bit better about their chances. <laughs> I've usually been <laughs> on the wrong end of it. I don't like the. Uh, I I would take LSU minus ten and a half. Yeah, I, I would too. Uh, but it it would be pretty interesting if A and M was somehow able uh, to pull off the upset and uh, manage to to find themselves in 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 third in the SEC and improve their bowl stock a little bit and uh, get Coach E Rob a little bit more credit. Yep, absolutely. Um, Iron Bowl, Alabama, ten and a half point road favorites at Auburn. This line makes no sense to me. Auburn <laughs> just got manhandled by New Mexico State, and and you know, maybe, maybe Auburn was looking ahead. I'm taking them. I'm taking Auburn with the points. And Hugh Freeze with- has has beat Nick Saban twice. Just saying. When, oh, at Ole Miss. At, at Ole Miss, that's right. Yeah. Give me, give me the Auburn Tigers to cover. They're not going to win, but give me them to cover. This is going to be a very weird game, and I like Auburn to cover. It too. always is. It always is. Um, San Jose State at UNLV. Um, I love UNLV. So this is, yeah, this is the other game that is uh, going to affect the, the the Mountain West title game. Right. Uh, UNLV is the outright leader in the conference. Air Force, Boise State play each other. They're both five and two in conference. San Jose State is five and two in conference. So San Jose State, if they beat UNLV, would be six and two uh, with an outright win. I, again, I don't know all the tiebreaker scenarios, but I know UNLV hasn't clinched yet. Uh, they need to win this game to clinch that title berth. Uh, this is going to be a fun one, man. I think uh, San Jose State has gotten really good here at the in the back half of the season. UNLV is a three-point favorite. It's uh, at home in Allegiant Stadium. Oh, man. Uh, this is a tough one. I mean, San Jose State has rattled off five straight wins, mm-hmm. right? New Mexico, Utah State, at Hawaii, Fresno State, San Diego State. Uh, I like UNLV in this one, but... Uh, San Jose State's going to make this competitive. Yeah, I, I like UNLV in this one. I think UNLV gets it done. Um, again, love their offense. Um, I don't know. Again, I've only watched San Jose State play maybe two or three times this year, but I I like UNLV um, minus three. Um, last one. Yeah. So uh, we talked about New Mexico State having already clinched. 
uh, their berth in the Conference USA Championship. Part of the reason they've already clinched is because Jacksonville State is the other 6-1 and team in the conference, and Jacksonville State is ineligible uh, to play for it. Uh, we've talked a lot about James Madison. We haven't talked as much about Jacksonville State, but they're in the same situation where they're not eligible for postseason play per the NCAA. Uh, this should be a really, really fun game because these are two very good Conference USA teams. Uh, I mean... New Mexico State just feels like they have all the momentum right now, and Jacksonville State is going to have to travel to Las Cruces. I like New Mexico State to cover the minus two. I like Jacksonville State on the road behind Zion Webb. I really like Jacksonville State. I think New Mexico State, yeah, they have momentum. Listen, they just beat Auburn, man. That's That has hangover written all over it. Give me Jacksonville State and Zion Webb. Uh, to beat uh, New Mexico State. Listen, I love New Mexico State, love Jerry Kill. However, I like Jacksonville State, Zion Webb, Rich Rod. Get, Rich Rod gets the win. Should okay. be a fun one either way. That's Should be a fun be another one. good one to watch. So, Jay, we're, this is how we're going to end things today. Um, last week, you gave your top four, okay, which was – well, who was your top four again? Uh, I believe my top four was – uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington. Okay. Um, no Florida State. It may have been Florida State. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. What well, This yeah. is the question I want to ask because I know my answer, and I want to know your thoughts. Jordan Travis, the quarterback of Florida State, very, very good, um, had a her, just a horrific injury. Um, to his don't leg. don't look it up if you're listening don't go watch it I want so I was watching the ABC uh, uh, the ABC breakdowns they went live when it happened they're like oh live from Florida State and then I was like oh my god like you could hear the general reaction from like Booger and um, I forget the other dude that's on there um, but yeah it it's 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 really bad really really bad um Jay, do you believe Florida State, who has been in the top four this entire time, should be left out because of the Jordan Travis injury? I don't think you can do that just because of the resume and the win over LSU, and I understand why, but if they remain undefeated, they should still be a top four team. Uh, The reason I have them left out is because I just have Washington over them. but unless they lose one of these next two games to Florida State or to Louisville, uh, they should still be a top four team if if you had them in your top four. Mm-hmm. So this is my thought. Because I said before, I think Washington should be four. I think their, their resume is just better. This is what's going to happen tonight. And it's it's not right. Again, I, I even though that it's what's gonna they're gonna put Washington in there, and I believe Washington deserves to be on there, but not be for not because Jordan Travis is out. They're gonna take Florida State out, okay, and they're gonna say it's now because of Washington has now has a better resume after they beat Oregon State. They said, well, Washington they beat Oregon State, that's a better win. They have better wins than Florida State, so we're gonna put Washington there. And I believe the actual reason why is because they don't feel like Florida State has a chance with Jordan Travis out. 
Um, I think they're going to hide behind the Washington beating Oregon State, but I believe the actual reason is because Jordan Travis is out. Now, I think Washington is your fourth best team right now. However, they, they've been saying Florida State this whole time, and now it's going to change from the injury. Um, I don't I don't agree with that. They talk about that in basketball too. Just because I don't think you can take an injury into play, you have to look at the resumes. You And, and a player being injured should not um, dictate seeding. I, I don't think it should. I don't believe in it. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, here's the thing, though. like As long as Florida State wins out, they're going to be in the playoff. I don't, I don't think that's up for a question. Because I think, you know, one of Michigan and Ohio State loses, uh, they're not going to put that team in over Florida State if they went out. Uh, Washington and Oregon going to play each other for the Pac-12 championship. One of those teams loses. If Florida State wins out, Florida State's going to be ahead of them. So you you went out, you take care of business, and it's not going to matter in the long run. Uh, but I, I, I agree with what you're saying where I, I don't think a player injury should affect uh, the seeding. Actually, that reminds me. We didn't talk about Florida, Florida State. We did not. That did not make our notes. <laughs> we and, did and, not. And I did not what? hit her. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did not. That's Now, that's a reference right there. Um, I like Florida outright in this game. Whew, in the swamp. A I chance like to ruin A chance to ruin your rival's playoff national championship hopes and, in the swamp. And that's what's going to happen. Florida's going to beat Florida State. They're going to knock Florida State out. Florida State's then going to beat Louisville. And then Florida State's going to go to the Orange Bowl. Louisville knocked out of New Year's Six. Bada I boom. think that I think that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I like Florida. Uh, Florida is State this? is a minus six and a half point favorite. Uh, Florida 6 State's PM. minus six. Yeah. Florida. 6 p.m. Saturday night. Florida, don't be afraid of the money line, baby. You get Florida at plus 215. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Like, like it a lot. Um, all right, Jay, you got anything for the people before Thanksgiving? Uh, just that we're thankful for all you listeners. Make sure to give us a like, a subscribe, a review, five stars, do all the stuff that helps us grow. Uh, we've had a hell of a year. It's crazy how fast this regular season has come to a close. I'll be at Texas state. Uh, this weekend, they're hosting South Alabama. little fun belt action. Uh, go Bobcats. Uh, Jake, are you going to be anywhere this weekend, or are you just going to be watching from home? I will not. I got a wedding this weekend. I know. I got a wedding this weekend in Morgantown. So Morgantown. I'll be down to Country I'll, Roads. I'll, yeah, I'll be d- going down to Morgantown on uh, uh, the day right after Thanksgiving. My dad's going to be really mad because I usually help him put up Christmas decorations the night after. Um, before I head back, so I won't be able to do that. So yeah, I'll be in Morgantown in the weekend for a wedding. I'll be uh, posting up Friday night after a rehearsal dinner for a little uh, Penn State, Michigan State, some land grant trophy action, and then Saturday I got a, I got a wedding. So uh, I got a lot. I got a lot to review when I when we get back. Um, but no, I want to thank uh, thank the listeners. Thank you guys. Uh, we, you know we we've really. Uh, we've really grown this thing a little bit this year. Um, so, and you know, even though we've grown a little bit, we're, we're 
looking to grow even farther and taking this taking this thing to the next level. So thank you. Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, and for from all of us here, have a great Thanksgiving.